With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. So I definitely will not accept anything less than the value of what I bring to the table. When I started off, you know, I was kind of like, oh my God, I'll take anything at this point. So now I know my value and I know that it, it is much higher. If, some, if I don't see benefit in something, I'm not gonna do it anymore. Jennifer Mercedes is building a sports media empire. Her video series, La Chica de Fortes, is so popular and she's so synonymous with the brand that when people see her on the street, they literally call her Chica de Fortes. Now she's taking her fan base and her love of baseball to La Vida Baseball, where she's continuing to experiment with new ways to satisfy an audience that lives and breathes the sport. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. So here's what I need to know. Game day, the players are warming up, the fans are filling the stadium. What does your day look like? So I'm usually at the stadium if we're going to do interviews, probably around 2 o'clock. Games usually start at 7. So we try to conduct the interviews between 2 and 4, but sometimes you're there at 2 and you leave at 6, waiting on, on some of the players to do the interviews. That is a long, hot day in the middle of summer, Jennifer. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> I try to sit in the dugout and stay out of the sun. Tell me, how do you prep in advance of a game? Look up information on who the player is, come up with some questions, and check out their social media, see if there's anything interesting or stuff that stands out. So in some ways, what you and I do is very similar. I tend to do it in a, a gaggle on the campaign trail, and that is that you have this one or two people that everybody wants access to, and it is our job to get in front of them. So some of that is tactical, and some of that is literally just about hip-checking other people out of the way. Everyone is jockeying to get the interviews you get. How do you score one? A lot of it has been because of the relationships that I've built throughout 
my career. I try to, to develop a relationship early on so that if I do request an interview, they have no hesitation. It is a frenzy and a free-for-all. So when you're there, you're trying to get the best shot and the best way to actually get at least a one-on-one question with the player. So what I do and what I learned, in order to get the player to actually notice you and see you, I'll just stand right next to them. Instead of standing in front of the the tables like they do for media day, I'll just kind of squeeze my way in and (laughs) and, and stand right next to them and just kind of be like, hey, I'm here. Yeah, it's it's hard to deny someone who's literally standing next to you. And then once you actually get your opportunity to ask a question, how do you make it count, especially when there's so many other people shouting questions at them? Yes, I definitely always like to ask something that may not have been asked before. I don't really ask a lot about stats, uh, what they do on the field, unless it's something that's really, really relevant. I like to ask more questions about, you know, what they do off the field, their hobbies, uh, their philanthropic work. That That's a lot of my focus is what they do with their charities, foundations, who they support, and, and things like that, what way they, they give back. I think that's something that is not always covered when it comes to sports. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is negativity. If a player is not doing well, if they got in trouble, you know, those are the, the type of things that make headlines. So for me, I think there's there's room for, for positive news. So growing up, you played softball. Were you encouraged to play sports as a young girl? I was such a baseball fan with my with my dad. It's, it's kind of where we bonded mm-hmm. that... I don't remember who signed me up or how I signed up, but I know I signed up for Little League. I believe I started playing when I was in fourth grade, and I continued throughout high school. And did you like it, or did you do it because your dad liked it? No, I liked it. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. What did you like about it? I enjoyed that team mentality, kind of being out there and and being able to to support one another and I just enjoyed the game as a whole as well. I I was never really that good <laughs> mm-hmm. to be completely honest, but I enjoyed it. I, my favorite thing was actually hitting more than actually fielding. I, I did not really like when I had to catch a ball because <laughs> I was scared I was going to drop it and then embarrass myself, but... So I did enjoy hitting more so than actually fielding. You know, my um, my dad's family is from Cuba, and part of the mythology of my grandmother on that side is that she had the opportunity to play for the Cuban women's national baseball team. She was a great athlete, and her family wouldn't let her because, you know, it wasn't a thing that girls were supposed to do. So I think now about how lucky you are and about how lucky other young Latinas are that they're not necessarily contending with that in their own homes, right? That if they want to be athletes, they can be athletes. Like how yes, lucky are 100%. you? That your da- if your dad hadn't cultivated your love of baseball, who knows if you'd be doing what you're doing now? Yeah, yeah, you're, you are 100% correct. I mean, I started off actually in the entertainment side of the industry. And when I had the opportunity to to work on another show, they asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, can I do sports? Because there wasn't really that many uh, that I knew that were doing it. And I was a fan of it. And I was like, you know, I'm a fan. Let's let me try this. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I am very lucky to be in the position I'm in, to have had the opportunities that I've had as a woman in this field. It's not, you know, now it's becoming a norm 
to see more and more women on the sidelines, to see women like Jessica Mendoza, you know, broadcasting. A lot of the times I have been, you know, the only woman on the field or the only girl in a clubhouse. But for me, it was normal. I've never felt out of place. I have three brothers. So being around the guys is like, okay, I'm cool. And I think that's also helped me in the sense of my relationship with a lot of the players is that I've been around them and I've never once kind of, you know, hinted at being uncomfortable or made them, I think, feel uncomfortable. I've just been kind of a part of them. And I, I, that's the way that I see myself. I see them as colleagues, not just guests that I have to interview. We're all in the same field. They just happen to be on the field while I'm off of it. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. Feeling My Flow is a podcast co-created by Juleka and produced by her company, Lentiqua Williams & Co., which also produces Latina to Latina. Feeling My Flow sees and talks about menstruation as an event that happens to all types of bodies and affects menstruators in different ways. How they feel about their bodies, how others treat them based on social norms, what access they have to information and power. Feeling My Flow brings us the stories of individuals and how they've been shaped by menstruation. There's Lola, a late bloomer, PJ, a trans man who gets sympathy cramps, Cass, who sparked an international conversation with an Instagram post. Feeling My Flow wants to help you start important conversations at critical moments. 
Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit Feeling My Flow, that's feelingmyflo.com for more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Has there ever been an experience that has soured that otherwise very positive attitude where you did feel like you were treated differently or singled out because you were one of the only women in the space? Yeah. I mean, starting out, it was very hard to get credentials. I mean, I was only, well, first of all, I mean, it was new, right? I I wasn't working for any big outlet at the time when when I started my own show. It was just me. So when you apply for credentials, you're kind of like, well, who are you and what are you doing? And, you know, are you really here to to work or are you here to look for a boyfriend or a husband? Which is the blind setting behind, you know, with what a lot of people think. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, when they see women and a young woman and especially if, if you look good, if you look a certain way, it's more like, oh, She's here to, you know, get a guy. Uh, you can't be both, right? You can't be beautiful and, and trendy and fashionable and also just want to do your job, unfortunately, in, in a men's world. But uh, so so that part was, was difficult was, you know, getting the respect from, from teams and so that they see you as, you know, serious and that you're out there trying to do your job. So let's back it up. You're a Rutgers grad which as a Jersey girl makes me so proud. When you started college, what did you think you wanted to study? Acting. (laughs) I I mean, I thought I was going to be an actor pretty much my entire life uh, growing up. I loved movies. I still do. I love movies. And I did a bunch of plays when I was in, in high school and in college. I went to school for theater. Well, I actually, I, I graduated with TV and media with a minor in theater. And I, I, I did a lot of, you know, auditions and going to to the movies, to the casting, to the modeling agencies and all that. But in the end, when I did an internship with Telemundo and I, they started sending me out to do interviews, street interviews, and I was doing interviews for the anchors as well, then I started actually working on camera, in front of the camera, and producing. And when I graduated, I mean, actually, while I was still in school and I finished my internship, that one producer had started another show on another channel. And she asked me if I wanted to work with her on, on that channel and on that show. I said, of course. So I was still in school when I started working in television. And then once I started to see how everything was done, how things worked, I had it in the back of my mind where I was like, you know what? And I made a goal for myself that when I graduated, I said, I'm going to give myself five years to actually do my own show. Not knowing that I was going to be sports, not knowing what really how to even run my own show or anything like that. I just I put it out there, put it out into the universe. And I said, I'm going to have my own show within five years. And within five years of my of of me graduating, I ended up having my own show, La Chica Deportes. I was given the opportunity by another producer on a channel that's from the Dominican Republic. And he asked me, he's like, you know, you've been doing this for for this long with other people. Why don't you do it on your own? There's a space, uh, there's a time slot available. Maybe you, you can do that. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I said yes without even knowing what I was getting myself into. That's the only way. When I... <laughs> yes. And it was a risk that that paid off in the end. It was scary for me. I mean, I was 20, 
20 something, I'll say. <laughs> but that's also why oh, you could oh, jump. Because can I tell you, when I was 22, yes. I was much better about being like, okay, yeah, I'll figure it out. Where now, because I've put the work in, because I do have accomplishments, there's almost more fear, more dread, more sense of everything needs to be planned out meticulously because I have more oh, to lose. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And then in the way that I had to do it, it was it was my own stuff. So I had this time slot, but I had to pay for that time slot. So I had to go out and get sponsors, uh, something that I didn't even know how to do. You know, I had to talk to business owners. I had to prepare PowerPoints and, and presentations about, you know, why these companies needed to sponsor me. And they would get either two or three commercials in the show for... I started off asking, I think the price was like $400 a month. I had to pay $1,000 to the channel, plus $500 to the editor, plus $500 to the cameraman. And I mean, it would end up where I wasn't making any money Mm-mm. at all. It was like everything that was coming in was just to pay, you know, pay for the costs of the production of, of the show and travel and hair and makeup and clothes and, and all of that. But I went, I started and I started to create a name for myself when, and like you said in the beginning, when I started showing up to the ballpark, people don't even call me Jennifer anymore. Everybody's like, hey, Chica Deportes. Nobody calls me Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just how it is. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, it was a difficult process, but it was a process that I'm happy I went through because I learned so much from it. And it's something that now when I started even working with La Vida Baseball, you know, I had things that I could bring to the table because I had, you know, worked in this field, but in a different aspect, you know, I had done things for myself. And sometimes when you're a big company, uh, you don't know how to think small, right? You think big, big, big. And I'm like, well, you know, there's different ways that we can do this because I did it this way. And, you know, it worked that way. And, you know, the you know, make cost less to do it in, in, in this way and it'll still look good. And you know, so I think I, I bring a lot to the table when, when I go into meetings. How has the pitch changed? How have you changed in the last 10 years? So I definitely will not accept anything less than the value of what I bring to the table. When I started off, you know, I was kind of like, oh, my God, I'll take anything at this point because I just I needed the money. You know, (laughs) I was at the point where, okay, yeah, you're going to pay me $200. okay, fine. Even though I knew the value was not $200. So now if there's, you know, somebody that comes to me and and they want to do something with me, I know my value and I know that it, it is much higher so when I am asked to do certain things, I, you know, it's, it's okay to say no. That's, that's another thing is learning to say no when you don't feel that the opportunity is right or it's not going to benefit you. If, some, if I don't see benefit in something, I'm not going to do it anymore. Before I would, you know, be out at certain parties and just, just to kind of to be seen, to be there. But now if I'm going to go to an event, it's, it's because it's going to benefit me in, in some way, shape or form. Uh, so, so that's definitely how things, some things have changed. Selling and like, pitching to, for me is still a little bit difficult. Uh, a lot of the times, uh, especially if I'm dealing with men, uh, I've had the unfortunate uh, experience of having to deal with a man who thought he deserved more than just the advertising that he was getting on my show. I mean, it was like, oh, I've paid this much money, so, you know, what else are you going to do for me? And I was like, what? 
So that was like my first, you know, Me Too moment um, before there was hashtag Me Too. And can I ask how you handled it? We showed up to to get the payment and he found that, you know, it was so much money. And he said, you know, well, now that I've given you all of this money, what are you going to do for me now? And I said, well, you already got what you were supposed to get, which was the advertisement. He's like, well, no, I think I deserve a little bit more. I'm like, well, I don't know what you're going to get because it's not from me. And I, you know, so it was, you know, nice to do doing business with you. Thank you. And I, I got up and I, and I left. But it left such a bad taste in my mouth that after that, I was like, oh, my God, is this going to like, is this how it's going to be all the time? Like, Is this really what dealing with men is going to be like when you're asking for sponsorship? And it's thankfully it hasn't been, but I'm still sometimes hesitant when I do approach men in that aspect because I'm like, are they thinking that they're going to get something else in return just because I'm asking for something, you know, for, for a sponsorship? And that's the thing. Sometimes myself, and I don't know if other women feel the same way, but they feel like they're at, like we're asking for a handout when we're actually asking for an exchange of mm-hmm. business, right? Because if uh, if I give you advertisement, you know, and you're you're giving me yes, you're paying for the advertising, but I'm giving you all of this, you know, this huge platform to to shine on and all of this. So that's another thing that in in my way of thinking, it's like wait, wait, I'm not asking for a handout. This is not a favor that you're doing for me. We're we're working together. So that's something that I've had to work on is changing that mindset and looking for for companies that don't think in that way that don't think that they're just doing me a favor you've told me about a lot of moments where you have faced a challenge and powered through but i have to imagine in the last 10 years there's been at least one moment where you said i'm done or i think i'm done or maybe it's time to be done what's the closest (laughs) you've ever come then to walking away from this oh yeah many times (laughs) many times i and I i mean maybe even like two years ago i was at a point where i was like it's all good you know i'm making a name for myself people know me and I, I really do love what I do. I'm, I love producing. I love creating content and showing my, my work, sharing my work with, with the fans and baseball fans and sports fans because I, you know, I don't only cover, I didn't only cover baseball, but all of that does not pay the bills. And I was at a point where I was like, I need to find work work. So I was really ready to just kind of, you know, send an application to whatever company and work behind a desk just because I needed to make money. I needed to help out at home. I think as Latinos, and I think you you would agree with me, when you have, you know, parents who have worked their whole lives for you, you feel like you need to give back. And you see them still working and, you know, struggling to to pay bills or, or make ends meet and you're here, you know, pursuing a dream that is not, not giving back, you know, that's not helping you. And I mean, I'm very thankful. Ooh, I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> wow. Did not think I was going to, that was going to happen, but I'm very thankful to my parents. 
damn it. <laughs> I'm very thankful to my parents for the support that they have given me since the beginning. You know, they believed in me and they believed in my project and believed in, in my talent and what I did. And I mean, to the point where, you know, I was never asked to, you've got to, you know, contribute with this and contribute with that. You know, they allowed me to do what I wanted to do when I wanted to go to Rutgers and, you know, study what I wanted to study. There was never a question of, oh, you know, are you sure? Or do you think, you know, that's going to, are you going to be successful in that? Never. My mom, you know, she paid for my tuition throughout my, my first three years. She was able to, to pay my tuition. Then, you know, the economy hit and we had to take out student loans to finish paying, paying for school and all, of, and all of that. But never once was there a question of, you know, when are you going to start paying some bills around here? You know, when are you going to start mm-hmm. giving back? Never. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity and the support that they, that they gave me. But in the back of my mind, you know, two years ago, I was like, can't continue to do this I can't you know continue to not give back and and support at home so I was ready to to give up and and just kind of throw in the towel and then I I got the opportunity with with La Vida Baseball which has been you know a life changer in the sense that I continue to do what I do I and and it was something that was from the beginning that I said was you know I will always be La Chica Deportes whatever network or brand I'm with, I will continue to be Jennifer Mercedes La Chica Deportes, just working in a different outlet, you know? So when La Vida Baseball came along, I was like, as long as I can continue to be La Chica Deportes, I'm good. And thankfully, they allowed me to to keep my brand and be who I am and do what I do. And they they've definitely, you know, supported me and given me more opportunities to create because before it's just me myself and I right so there's only so much right. that I can do being a small outlet now that I'm I'm with La Vida Baseball and La Vida Baseball is growing and really trying to reach out to that Latino community to that millennial Latino community that may not always speak Spanish but we're still you know they're still as Latino as you and I who are bilingual, um, and that's what La Vida Baseball is trying, you know, to do is to connect with with those fans. And I'm very appreciative of the opportunity that I have here. Jennifer, what's your advice for a Latina who's considering a career in sports journalism? I would say, do it if you love it. You know, don't get into it just because you think it might be fun because it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of uh, waiting around. If you do not like to wait around for people, this is not <laughs> the line of work that you will, you know need to be into or should get into because it is a lot of waiting, a lot of hurry, 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 and just wait, wait, wait. Um, so definitely it's, make sure that you love it. And that's with any career choice. Make sure that it is your passion, that it is something that you want to grow into. And then prepare 
you know, and and not only preparing in the sense of knowing what you're talking about and, you know, knowing the sport, but prepare as a young woman. This industry can be difficult, you know, you've you you'll face a lot of no's and a lot of criticisms from ignorant people, right? But when you are sure of who you are and what you bring to the table, none of those things are going to matter. So definitely work on yourself, on your self-esteem, and it's going to take you places that you didn't think you could go. You've done so much. You built Chica Deportes from the ground up. You're now at La Vida Baseball. What do you want to do next? I want to continue to grow, grow the brand of, of La Chica Deportes and together with, with La Vida Baseball. I, I would love to continue to create content off the field with the players, highlighting you know what it is they do outside of, of a stadium. I, I have ideas for, for shows that I, that I would love to create. I would love, and I'll put this out there, I would love to create something with LeBron James. I have an idea for a show that I think he would be a wonderful executive producer for. So that's something that has been on my mind. So if anybody knows LeBron, please feel free to forward him this episode. (laughs) Yeah, I think think what he's done with not only with his school, but creating the production company that he has, I think it's really awesome. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity in in that world as well. So, I, yeah, if anybody knows LeBron, you know, let him you know, let him know to, to hit up La Chica Deportes because <laughs> I've got ideas. <laughs> um, but definitely to continue to grow and, and help, you know, La Vida Baseball grow but and, and see how they help me grow at, at the same time. Jennifer, congratulations on all your success, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Thank you, and thank you for having me on. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua-Williams and me. Maria Muriel is our producer. Carolina Rodriguez is our sound engineer. Emma Forbes is the show's intern. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com and remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And please leave a review. It is one of the quickest ways to help us grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.